Amen. I feel sorry for you. I, you know what? I, I love God. I love church. I love hanging out in the presence of God. I've spent most of my life, uh, there's only a couple of weeks, I think. That I, I'm trying to think of how many weekends uh, I missed. I, and I'm not sure. I think there's one or two in uh, the last 30 years, because um, I'm only 30. We've been, Shelby, and I, Shelby and I are going to celebrate 25 years of marriage this month. Praise God. 25 years. And, uh, and, and we're only 31. I guess we're 31 since it's 25. That's what it is. And uh, I, I, can't, I can't count too many weekends, but we made up for it because we had church twice a day, sometimes all week long. We, we were in a revival one time for a year. Every day for a year. And uh, we, well, that's not really true. We, we skipped one day. And uh, the rest of the time, so I've been in church most of my life. I got to tell you something, every great thing, every, all, the, all, the, all the greatest things in life that, that I know, that all the memories that I have, all the uh, breakthroughs that I've had, all the, you know, just everything that's really awesome, I can actually trace back to church. I love church. I love being here. And, and, and if you're here today and you wish you weren't, that sucks. <laughs> because, I, because I'm glad I'm here. Hey, man, I, hey, trust me, if I didn't want to be here, well, I'd act like some of you guys. I just wouldn't show up that day. But, but uh, I, I'm glad to be here. If you're here today, you don't own a Bible. If you hold your hand up, the ushers will bring you one. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody's got a copy of the Word of God. We want to encourage everybody, get in that book. Study the Word. Know the Word. Grow in the Word. Get the Word inside it. Read it and repeat it. Read it and repeat it. Read it and repeat it. Look at somebody and say, he's talking to you. Amen. You got your Bible with you today. Let's stand up together one more time. We'll make a confession together. Lift your Bible up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I will do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind and a teachable spirit from this moment forward. Say, I will never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God a big praise. He's worthy of a big one. Father, we magnify your name. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. God is so good. Amen. God is so good. You know, uh, today, I really believe that if you'll open up your heart, wrap your brain around what I'm going to share with you, that it literally will elevate you a couple notches in your level of victory. You have the ability, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. You have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis, but a lot of people don't really ever do that. You know, they're kind of beat up from the street up. They're bleeding all over the place. They got the Jesus T-shirt on their chest and their fish symbol on the back of their car. Got a cute little bumper sticker, and they're driving down the road ready to cave in, give up, and quit. And that is not really the good life that Jesus came to connect you to. John 10, 10, it says, The thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that you might have and enjoy abundant life to the top till it overflows. We're talking about a good life. Hello, somebody. Say, we're talking about a good life. Well, yeah, but what about problems? What about challenges? Well, that's one of the promises of God, too. The Bible says that in this world there should be tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world. If you are in Christ, you're a world overcomer already. I said, if you're in Christ, you're already an overcomer. First John says that if you're born of God, you have already overcome the, the enemy, Satan, and his defeat has already been sentenced and passed upon him. You, you, I got news for you. You ain't going to win. 
You already did. Amen. I said, you already did. Well, what's going on then with all of these areas of my life where there's so much pain, so much chaos? Well, that's you just not getting up on top and living out what God's word says to do. You know, what? the reason you're reading your Bible, the reason that we're coming to church, we don't come to church and, and, and uh, you know, give offerings and, uh, you know, and just, just to learn good manners and meet a few nice people. But, you know, we're, we're in here, this is training for reigning. This is where we get God's word and develop an understanding of God's word so that we can go out and on a daily basis use that word to bring the glory of God into every circumstance, every situation that we travel into. You know, life can be chaotic, but I got to tell you something, it's really kind of a blast. I'm enjoying mine. And and honestly, I ought to have you one at a time come up here and look this way. Because you're all sitting out there and you're looking this way and you, you just see me. You ought to stand up here and look this way. It's amazing that I have joy. <laughs> just kidding. You know, it's, it's my job to pester you, right? You know, Jesus is coming back for a church without spot, without wrinkle. And there's a thing, you know, it, my role, my role in the body of Christ is the thing inside of the, every washing machine. It's called an agitator. That's me. Okay. And uh, here I am. I helped you get the spots out. And, and the deal is is that you ought to have more joy than you're manifesting. Come on, guys. Come on, peeps. You know, my, my, you, you might as well understand this. The enemy, his job, he has a role to play. And his job is to attempt to rip from your grip the joy that God's put in your heart. The joy of the Lord is Bible. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And when you let go of your joy, you are letting your strength slip from your grip. And you are under the impression that you have a right to feel sorry for yourself. And you do. You can feel sorry for yourself. It ain't going to help. You know, uh, this is a little different service today. Is that all right? Uh, uh, Here's the deal is that a lot of people have been through some very real trauma. Hard hardcore circumstances, situations greater and bigger than you, uh, battle, warfare, you're, 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 you're war-torn, you got chunks missing. And we think that if we can get some people to come around us and to sing kumbaya and to, and to make us feel better, that it's actually going to help. It isn't. It is not what you need. There's hurting people all over the place, hooking up with other hurting people, sharing war stories, but they're still defeated. It don't work. It might make you feel better for a moment, but if you're going to get back up on top, you got to know what God said, and you got to have a tenacity that grows on the inside of you that, that realizes, hey, I have the ability to see God results in my life. God results. Now, we've seen some results, but they ain't God results. I, I want God results in my life. Come on, somebody. Can, can I just tell you a little secret? I got God results in my life, and it good. I, I, like, I like life. And you, you might get upset and so depressed that you have to find somebody else to listen to, and you're going to leave, and, and you're going to go a different direction, and I'm still going to have God results in my life. You might wipe the smile off my face for a moment, but you'll never get the joy that's rooted in my heart. It ain't going to happen. 
Why? Because I know some stuff. I, I know some stuff. You know some stuff. But the enemy tries to get you to forget that stuff. You know people who know good and well what God's Word says to do, but they're struggling with it. We're under the impression if we come to church, if we, you know, learn good behavior, if, if uh, you know, if we just talk nice to people, that that's going to get us into heaven and that's all we need. Well, if all you're going to do is go to heaven, if that's all you're worried about, that, that might work. You know, you have that one relationship, that pray that sinner's prayer. If you'd like to have some victory on earth, Matthew eleven twelve says, From the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. The violent take it by force. Kingdom principles, the production of God's promise in your life, will demand your participation. You will have to be willing to demonstrate Satan's defeat. He don't just go lay down. Life is going to come at you in all different directions. And for you to manifest the glory of God, to, to, you, you, you're just going to have to decide, I'm going to be strong. Ephesians 6, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Finally, brethren, be strong. If strength is a commandment, be strong. Don't sound like a suggestion. Sounds like a commandment. Be strong. If strength is a commandment, weakness is a sin. If weakness is a sin, all that means is that weakness will keep you off the trail that's going to connect to the destiny that God carved out for you. You can't afford to be weak. You got to be strong. What is the Bible? See, remember Romans ten seventeen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God right? The just shall live by faith. So, so we live by the word of God. Any word that's contrary to God's word is going to produce fear in your life. Faith cometh by hearing, so does fear. Fear comes with, fear manifests in a, a, a multiplicity of different ways. Unbelief, doubt, uh, anger. Anger is just fear. Uh, uh, worry, it's, they're all fear-based. Why? Because they're based on a word that is contradictory to God's word. And the enemy comes and he brings contradictory words and he wraps them with human reasoning and you warmly embrace them. But the problem is, is that it ends up taking you to a place that is not the place that God defined as your end. Proverbs fourteen twelve. there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. Death isn't dead. Death is separated from the end that God declared for you at the beginning. In order to get to the end, you got to remain the same all the way through the middle and make it to the end. But somewhere in the middle, we cave in, give up, and quit. Why? Because we forget, according to James, what manner of man we are. We go and we look at the perfect law of liberty, and we behold what God says about us. We close the book and walk away and quickly forget who we are. And then we end up living like somebody else. Why? Because we warmly embrace a human philosophy, a, 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 a system of logic that's contrary to God's system of logic. In the beginning was the Word. Everything started with the Word. The Word is logos, You've heard the word logos, right? That's a Greek word for word. In the beginning was the logos. That's a system of logic. In the beginning, God had a system of logic. Then other systems of logic, worldly systems of logic, were introduced into the environment, and we hook up with it. I got to tell you something. God's word is not politically correct. Here we are in the middle of financial crisis. You know, brother was talking about it this morning. I choose not to participate in recession. Why? Because the Bible tells me I don't have to. The Bible says I'll be blessed coming in, blessed going out. I'll be above only and not beneath. I'll be the head and not the tail. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in my house, blessed in my yard, blessed in the backyard. I've walked all the way around the house. I'm blessed everywhere I go. So I'm not going to participate in the recession. 
Well, you know, wisdom says that we should be cautious. Really, what scripture is that? Which, which one, which verse is it that says you should be cautious? Any takers? It'd be interesting to find that one. I haven't read it yet. The Bible says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, just let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all your understanding, shall keep your heart and mind riveted on Christ. That's what the Bible says. At some point, we've got to ask ourselves, are we living God's word or are we just attending church? Do I live life God's way? Jesus showed you how to defeat the enemy. It's easy. Look at Matthew 4. We'll put it on the screen for you. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Say, thank you, Holy Spirit. That just don't seem right, does it? You, 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 you get yourself connected to the Holy Spirit, and what's he do? He leads you off to be tempted of the, of the devil. Well, I don't need the Holy Spirit. You're going to end up there anyways. You might as well be led by the Spirit. Okay? So, uh, uh, <laughs> so he was led off to be tempted. Look at verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Some of us, it's been about 45 minutes, we're starving to death. He had 40 days, 40 nights, he's in a weakened state. Okay? Look at verse 3. And the tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, realize that the enemy will always question your sonship. Always wants you to feel like oh, you're not really a child of God. Remember when you first got saved and, and then the next weekend you got born again again? And, you know, God's really dealing with it. It wasn't too long until you're born again again again. And, and you know, I, I went through that routine there for a while. That I, Every time they had an altar call, I raised my hand. I got born again 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 again. Why? Well, because, it all, you know, during the week I lost it. Well, I, I hadn't really. I, I was just listening to an enemy lie to me who said, you're not really saved. If you're really saved, you wouldn't be doing that. If you're really saved, you wouldn't be thinking that. If you're really saved, you wouldn't be saying those things. If you're really saved, you, you probably wouldn't be looking at that person like that. And, and so then I had to go get born again again again. And that, then I remember when, when we got filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and, the, and that night the devil didn't say, you're not really saved. He said, you're not really filled with the Holy Spirit, and I caught on. So no matter where I'm at, he just comes to question your sonship. He said, you know, if you're really the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Look at verse 4. And Jesus answered and said, it is written. Say that with me. It is written. Look at that. It is written. Look at verse 7. And Jesus said unto him, it is written. Look at verse 10. Jesus said unto him, get thee hence, Satan. I like the Amplified. The Amplified Bible says, be gone, Satan. That's the message you need to learn to send to your enemy. Instead of, oh my God, Satan's here. You need to learn to say, be on, Satan, for it is written. Oh, come on, somebody. It is written. Look what he said. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him alone shalt thou serve. He said, it is written. And, you know, verse 11, I probably should have put it up there so you could see it. It says, and the devil departed. Oh, my Lord, wouldn't that be awesome in your world? And, and, well, maybe maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we're actually making a CD for people who couldn't make it today. But I got a pretty good idea that some of us in the room are getting beat up by a defeated enemy. 
In certain areas of our life, we're really not walking in victory. We're praying, hoping, believing for victory. We, we want breakthrough. We're asking God to give us breakthrough and wondering why he's taking so long. Anybody out there? You know, are we on track? You, you know what's crazy is you, when you're asking God to give you victory, one reason he doesn't answer that as quickly as you'd like is because he already did. See, you got your position. You're still just kind of missing the ball. The boys, you know, you guys that raised kids, you know, and you had, they did sports. I remember the boys when they played baseball. And TJ, you know, all of them were, were funny at that age, you know, when, when they were just in T-ball, just getting going. But TJ, in the middle of a game, might be doing cartwheels in the outfield. He'd be throwing his mitt up in the air. His attention span was about... Well, it didn't exist. He didn't have it yet. And, and uh, uh, you know, and sooner or later, somebody would hit a ball, and they, you know, and, and it's not like it just flew through the air out there. No, it, it kind of went right past the pitcher and dropped right in front of the second baseman and rolled right on out to the outfield where TJ was at looking at it. He had the position. He still missed the ball. Well, as he got older, he started catching on. Things that used to throw him off, you know, have you ever watched the kids when they're playing baseball and the balls hit to them and they're, and they're looking at it 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 and, looking at it and go, donk? You know, uh, had a few of those. But it, when he got older, he got really good. And now, you know, this afternoon when the church softball team's playing ball, you know, you know where they're going to put TJ? They're going to put him out in the outfield. Why? Because he can get the ball. He, he's pretty good. You know, you have a position. You're in Christ. You're still missing the ball. You know, you, you, you haven't got your, your, your hands on it yet, but you're going you're gonna to learn. You're going to learn to shift. You're going to learn to watch it, watch the wind move it. You're going you're gonna to learn how to get under that thing, how to use both hands, how to clap sound, how to wrap your heart and mind around God's word. You're going to get it. You're, you're going to get it. Uh, but you've got to know what it is, written is. It is impossible to combat thoughts that are contrary to God's word with it is written when you don't know what it is that was written. When you don't know what it is. You know, how, how are you going to defeat the enemy? How, how are you going to demonstrate Satan's defeat? With it is written. I got a word. You know, okay, again, he mentioned it this morning. You got the law of gravity and the law of aerodynamics. The law of aerodynamics is a greater law than the law of gravity. The law of gravity is very real, but the law of aerodynamics is very much more real than the law of gravity when you're operating under the laws of aerodynamics. That's why you can fly in an aeroplane. You get in a plane, and the law of aerodynamics takes in, the law of thrust, and, and, and you, know, you know, you guys all know this, right? That the, If you stepped out of the plane, the law of gravity would take over. And there you go. But as long as you remain under the, the power of the laws of aerodynamics, you're, you're, it's a greater law. Okay, some of the stuff that's going on in your, in your world, it, it, you know, these are laws. Well, it's reason. It makes it right, but there's a greater law. When the doctor says you're going to die, okay, it's true. There, that cancer's there. That sickness is there. That, that thing's real. It's real. It's really on your body. However, there's a greater law. God's law is the greatest law of all. And God's law says, I will not die but live and declare the goodness of my king. God's law says, my son, hearken to my words and listen to my voice. Let them not depart from thine eyes for my, my words are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. God's law says, I sent my word and healed them. You've got God's law. It's a higher law. 
you got to ask yourself, which, which law am I actually operating under? How am I really living my life? Do I live my life God's way? It is written. What is that? You know, well, I'm praying. Well, you got to ask yourself some real tough questions. Are you praying or whining? Because we've all whined and called that prayer. Right? It don't work. You know, if you're worried and you're praying because you're worried, God can't even answer that prayer. Well, what is prayer? Prayer is going into God's presence with God's word, getting into agreement with God on that word. It, it ain't going in telling God what you think you ought to do. It's not going to Jesus saying, oh, my God, have you seen this mess? That's not prayer. That's worry. That's fear. God can't respond to fear. God can only respond to faith. What's faith? Faith is hearing the word of God. Faith is the word of God. So if God responds to faith, what do you got to have to do to get God to respond? You got to have his word. What's it say? You know, every, every day, every day, I pray God's word. Every, unless I'm on assignment, a specific assignment, you know, just being felt, led in my spirit to pray for something else. Every day, I, I pray Jeremiah 29, 11. Have you heard that one? It might, you know, it might not be too shocking to you to learn that this is like, this is one of my verses. So this, you know, they, they got it up there. Let's put it, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. This is how I pray that prayer. I say, okay, Father, I'm, I'm just thankful today that, that your word says, I know the plans. I know God talking. God said, I know. And God, I just thank you today that you know some stuff I don't know. God, you said, I know, and I just want to take time today just to celebrate the fact that my God knows what's going on in my life. He knows what's going on in the economy. He knows what's going on in my family, in my church, in my business, in my community, in my nation, in my world. God knows. I just thank you, God, that you know. You know the plan you have for me. You have a plan for me. You carved out a trail for my life even before I was a glimmer in my daddy's eye. You knew my end at my beginning. I just thank you, God, that you've got a plan for my life, and I just put all my trust in confidence in your plan. Your plan is to prosper me. So I just thank you that my life is on the increase because you plan to prosper me. My family's on the increase. My finances are on the increase. My health is on the increase. My wisdom is on the increase. My revelation is on the increase. My friendships are on the increase. The church is on the increase. I thank you, God, that you plan to prosper me and everything I set my hand to do will prosper because it is written. Whatever you touch is going to prosper. So I just thank you, God that you're going to prosper me, not harm me. Yeah, your word says, it is written that you have given me authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm me. So I just thank you, if God, that nothing can harm me. It is written, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, but every tongue that rises against me I shall condemn, for this is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. I thank you, God. Nothing can take me out. Great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing shall by any means cause them to fall, stumble, quit, or foil. I just thank you, God. All I'm doing is praying, and, and i got to tell you something. I'm having a personal revival already. Thank you, God. You said you're going to give me hope, even in the middle of the most hopeless situation. The hope comes from God. You're going to give me a future. The enemy keeps talking about my past. My past don't even matter. I thank you, God, that you've got a future laid out for me and that, that destiny that you've called me to, the trail that you've carved out for me. Even when I wander off that trail, your grace and your mercy lovingly nudge me back on track. I thank you, God, that I'm an arrow in the hand of my father, and I can't even miss the mark because you are guiding and directing my life. Thank you, God. Amen. And I got to tell you something. When I started praying that prayer, I started getting results. 
when I was praying, help me, Jesus. Have you, have you seen what the boys are doing today? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that prayer didn't work. It didn't even feel good. It wasn't even fun. But I guarantee you, it did not produce the, the desired result. I even found people who would agree with me in that prayer. Under the assumption that if any two of us agreed on anything, that it would work. So I'd get friends who'd cry with me and talk about how bad it was. But, of course, then I found out we weren't praying. We were just pouting. Hello? Look, look at somebody say, Pastor Tom loves you. You know, I got to tell you something. If I didn't love you, I, I'd just say, oh, you so precious. You, say, you, you purdy. You real purdy. And you go, it's going to be all right. Just keep tithing. <laughs> if, if you can't be here because you're so depressed, we'll send you with some self-addressed stamped envelopes, and you can just mail your money in. <laughs> Guys, God's Word works. It is written. Be gone, Satan. Yeah, I got to tell you something. Three teenagers... They have made some really odd choices. I think it's the influence from their mother's side of the family. <laughs> oh, 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 all you guys, you're just shocked I said it. You know it's true. And, uh, <laughs> and they have made some crazy choices. And there have been moments when we, when we looked at each other and, you know, and we were thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then we remembered, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. No, God, it is written. All thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. So, God, we're just going to thank you today, because the Bible says with prayer and thanksgiving. Prayer and thanksgiving. Prayer is going into God's presence with God's word, getting to agreement with God on that word, and thanksgiving. So we're just going to thank you, God, that we're making our request known to you. And here's our request, that your promise will be produced in their life. So I'm going to thank you today, Lord, that not only do you know the plan for my life, but you know the plan you have for my boys. And your plan is to prosper them, to increase them. So I thank you, Father, that they're on the increase. Their wisdom's on the increase. Their understanding's on the increase. Their revelation's on the increase. I thank you, God, that you're going to give them hope because right now they're looking hopeless. But God, I just thank you that you're giving my boys hope and you're giving them future. And what they're in right now, tomorrow's going to be history, so it won't matter tomorrow. So I just thank you, and I just start praying God's way. And i got to tell you something, all of a sudden, they, they don't have the ability to miss the mark with God. It is written. Be gone, Satan. And my favorite line, verse 11, and the devil departed. I wouldn't get up and head for the bathroom right now. <laughs> and the devil departed. There he goes. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. You, you, you know what? Uh, <laughs> Praising. Uh, Shelby and I are going to take off here pretty soon. You know, I told you earlier, 25 years, 25 years of marriage. You had been so proud of Shelby this week. Uh, we signed up and, and took a motorcycle safety course together. And uh, I think every one of you should do that. 
Seriously, well, I'm not going to ride a bike. You, you should take a motorcycle safety course. Just something different. It, just a new experience. Uh, but it, remember when you bought your last car and you, you shopped around, you found the one you really liked, you, you sat there in the booth, you went through two and a half hours of arguing over money and, all, and getting all this stuff. Then you get in the car and you drive it home. You, you're looking at it all night long. You're running out there. You decide to go to the market one, just one time before you go to bed, jump in the car, take the new car out for a spin. There's 93,000 other cars just exactly like it on the road. You know, everywhere you go, there's a car like that. You've never seen one for months. You know, you're always looking for it. But now that you own one, everybody's got one. You know, that's the way our brain works is that once, once we're locked on to something, we can see it. There's, there's all kinds of things in traffic out there that you've never seen because you haven't been trained to see it. And, you know, uh, they, they, at the motorcycle safety course, they kind of teach you some things. That, well, maybe you're never going to ride a bike, but you'll be a much better driver if you just take the course. And uh, in the course, they have an acronym that they use uh, in the very first day, um, and it's C, S-E-E, S-E-E. Did you take the course, bro? You remember C? Nope. Slap him. Uh, Search, search, evaluate, execute. Search, evaluate, execute. This would really be helpful to, to you and your spiritual walk. Search. Look ahead. Look around. Become alert. Get alert. See issues before they become issues. Evaluate how that thing is going to be used by the enemy in an attempt to take you out and then execute God's word concerning that issue. You, you guys would have been so proud of Shelby. She had never been in the driver's seat of a motorcycle in her life. And on the way to the course, I think she was just a little bit nervous. She, uh, she had some worry. She had some fear that kept trying to come up and just and one of the breaks we got to talking about it and we and you know i just reminded her you know this is a great place to take what you know in god's word and just begin to demonstrate satan's defeat you know the bible says don't worry about anything this is something this is part of the any you know don't don't worry about it don't worry about it and and and, you know uh uh, pray in the spirit and well i have been you know well well trust god okay (laughs) wasn't a few minutes later till i looked across the parking lot and there's shelby going across the parking lot on a motorcycle, waving, <laughs> wheelies, woo-hoo. You know, after, after two days, star pupil, she's endorsed to ride a motorcycle. You know, uh, overcome fear, crush the power of worry, but learn some things. Just learn some things. Like when you're coming into a corner, they have these cones sitting there, in the, and that's the beginning, and they've got a 135-degree corner, and there's cones over there. That's where you're going to come out. And they tell you when, you, when you, when you enter these cones, the first cones, look at the second one. Just put your eyes over there. And you know what's weird is that the bike ends up going through the cones that you're looking at. But if you look at the little lines that, that form the trail that they're wanting you to stay in, if you're looking down at that, all of a sudden you're having trouble. It's Bible, guys. God declared the end at the beginning. If you keep your eyes on the end, you'll end up at the end, and you won't give up in the middle. You won't fall apart in the middle. But if you're always looking at what's in the middle, you're going to miss out on making it all the way to the end. See, search, evaluate, execute. What's God's word say? What's the word that I'm using to get me through this situation? What does God's word, well, how does that connect? Well, God's word is the picture of the end. My people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling place, a quiet resting place. Well, that, then begin to pray that. God, thank you that I am part of your people. And your people are going to dwell in a peaceful habitation. Thank you for peace. I look at the end. My house is filled with peace. And demonstrate Satan's defeat by praying God's word. Get into agreement. Why? Because you are responsible for your victory. You are. It ain't up to anybody else. 
It's up to you. You've got, you know what? You might get some great CDs and, and, and messages on tape and books. That's wonderful. But if that's only ammo that you can put in your gun. See, what's sad is a lot of us go out into warfare and we've got a nice looking weapon. We just ain't got no ammo. So you got this big old honking gun and you come across the enemy and you go clickety click. Clickety click. Look at somebody say clickety click. Clickety click don't work. Man, you need the ammo. You, you need to know how to, how to use, how to release the ammo. Let me ask you a question. Don't respond. Just think. What do you do in private? What do you do in your secret place? What, 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 are you, what are you doing? What are you doing when it's just you and Jesus? When, when, when you're alone with God, what is it that you're getting? See, your public display ought not to be a demonstration of your private neglect. You, you can't fall apart in public because you didn't build up in private. But what you got, just you and God... Sooner or later, we'll know what it is. What you got? It is written. What's your, it is written. What, what is the ammo that you've loaded in your gun? You are responsible for your victory. Your mama can't do it for you. Your husband, your wife, your kids, your preacher, your, your friend. Nobody's going to do it. Well, God, God gave me the victory. Yeah, but you've got to enforce it. From the days of John the Baptist even until now. Kingdom suffereth violent. You're the one. You got to get up on your feet. You got you to you take your stand. You, you've got to refuse to cave in. You've got to give yourself responsible and demonstrate your own victory. You got to stand up. You got to do whatever it is you're going to do to demonstrate Satan's defeat. Somebody say amen. amen. Check this out now. Philippians 4, 6. Let's go to the uh, King James Version. 4, 6. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. How do you get the peace of God? You know, peace is security in the midst of trouble. A calm in the midst of turmoil. It's not the absence of trouble. It's a presence of peace. The peace of God. How do I tap into the peace of God? Well, you get verse 7 by doing verse 6. Look at verse 6 again. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry. When you worry, you're no longer in agreement with God's word. God's word says don't worry. Well, you can't worry and justify it. That is a contrary statement to God's word, and you wrap it with reasoning that makes you uh, feel empowered to warmly embrace it. Well, of course I got to worry. Worry is natural. No, no, no. You can't excuse worry. You got to eliminate it. How do you, how, you know, a better word for worry is meditate. Worry is simply meditating the wrong thing. I know people, when you tell them, meditate the word. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Meditate? How do you meditate? Well, have you, do you worry? Worry is just meditating the wrong thing. Now start meditating the right thing. Meditate God's word. Meditate God's word. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Then you get verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep. The word keep means to guard. 
So God's peace will begin to guard your heart and your mind. God's peace will begin, it'll be on duty and it'll begin to protect you from contrary thought. Look at verse eight, this is great. Verse eight says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, pure, and lovely, whatever things are good report, if there's any virtue, any praise, think on these things. Look at verse nine. To those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, do, and the peace of God shall be with you. The peace of God, hear me today. God wants to connect you to the peace of God. The peace of God. God is not worried. God is not afraid. God is not concerned. He, he ain't hawking the pearls off the pearly gates because of the recession. He, he didn't, you know, trade in the, his, his great chariot, you know, cash for clunkers. He, 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 he's not trying to find some type of, you, you know, sustenance. No, he is living large and in charge. And the peace of God shall be with you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Look at this. Hebrews 10, 35, 36 says, don't fling away your fearless confidence for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward for you have need of patience and endurance. I wish we didn't need patience and endurance, but apparently we do. Patience means to remain the same all the way to the end. Remember, James said that you look into the law of liberty and you go away and forget who you are. That's not to remain the same. That's why you need patience. That's why you need patience. Because if, when you remain the same, when you get to the end, you're going to perform and fully accomplish the will of God. And look at this. And thus, re- I love this line. And thus receive, carry away, and enjoy to the full what is promised. Oh, guys, get this. You're not only going to receive it, you're going to carry it away. Maybe you, don't, maybe you don't get that. You know, my mind works a little bit different. Here's what I see. I see people who come to an altar and get a breakthrough but can't make it to the parking lot with it. Hello? How come? How come we pray, we pray this thing through? I, I feel better right here, but by the time I get home, I ain't got it. Well, it's because you, you received it. You just didn't carry it away. And not only do I get to carry away the promises of God, I get to enjoy them to the full. To the full. Why? Because I'm going to remain the same all the way to the end. Ecclesiastes 7, 6 says the end of a thing is better than the beginning. Patient in spirit is better than to be proud in spirit. The end of a thing is better than the beginning. Isn't that cool? The end of a thing is better than the beginning. 25 years of marriage, babe. But I remember the beginning. Right before, right before we actually had the ceremony, I, I remember those moments. Shelby was in awe. We met at a Bible study. Shelby, that first night, she couldn't even take her eyes off me. You laughing. It's true. I know it's true. I watched her reflection in the sliding glass door. She's, just, she's in awe. She thought I was a rock star. <laughs> What's funny about that? She, uh, I don't know that I like that laughter. <laughs> the beginning, man, the beginning. Premarital counseling. Shelby, tell us one thing, just one thing. One thing that Tom should change. There's nothing. He's perfect. 
She's made a list since then. But before, at the beginning. At the beginning. Well, the Bible says the end is better than the beginning. I can't wait for the next 25 years as we begin to approach the end together. It's going to be better than the beginning. But how, how, do I, how do I get there? How do, I, how do I get the best? Well, it's the rest of the Scripture. It says better is patient in spirit than to be proud in spirit. Here's the deal, guys. Anytime you step out of patience, you're stepping into pride. When you're losing your patience with your spouse, with your kids, with your boss, with your employee, when you're losing patience, you're stepping into pride. You're, t- you're attempting to take over. You're attempting to get back in control. No, you need to be careful for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication, let God be God and let his peace keep your heart guarded and protected and riveted on him. And just think on the good things and the just things and the pure and the lovely things. And, and if there's praise and virtue, then that's what you wrap your mind around. Because if you'll do that, the peace of God will be with you everywhere you go. There's one major ingredient I got to tell you about that you got to have to make this work. It's called humility. Humility. I'm not talking about that false humility stuff. Oh, I'm just not worthy. Oh, I couldn't. I don't deserve it. That's false. You know, driving down the road, swing over to pick somebody up and, you know, give them a ride. Oh, I, I, I don't deserve it. I, I'm unworthy. Then walk. You know, ain't got time for this. I'm out of here. You know, uh, a lot of us, that, again, just kind of think with me now. Now, a lot of us, if we said, are, are you getting what you deserve? You'd say, oh, no. No, God's goodness is, if I got what I deserve, I'd, I'd be in hell. <laughs> Have you not read the book? You no longer deserve hell. Why? Well, have you been to Jesus for the cleansing flood? Are you washing the blood of the Lamb? Hello? If you still deserve hell, then his blood ain't no good. See, you got an enemy that's trying to convince you that you still deserve hell. No, you don't. It's not, it's not humility to say, I deserve hell. Humility is the ability to surrender to God's way of living and doing. You know the scripture that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Amplified Bible says, Seek first God's, seek ye first the kingdom of God, God's right way of living and being. God's way. Are you living life God's way? Are you doing this God's way? That is what it means to be humble. Now, in 1 Peter 5, I want you to look at this. 1 Peter 5, it says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the older. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Why? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. It's important to realize that when you're losing your patience, that's just a flashing light. It's just an indicator that you're getting out of the spirit and back into the flesh. What do I do? Well, I get back into the spirit. I realize that God has given me that ability to know when I'm stepping out of the spirit. God resists the proud. Look at verse 6. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. God will exalt. Humble yourself. Surrender yourself to God. Let God take control. Don't worry. Let God be in control. Let's do this God's way. Why? Because in due time, everybody say due time. 
you know, oh, come on, let's say it together. Due time. That means at an appointed season. You know, God's plan, sometimes, see, sometimes we get in such a hurry. If the enemy cannot prevent you, he will promote you. If he can't get you to live in adverse poverty, then he'll give you just enough prosperity that you kill yourself with it because you haven't developed the character required at that level of prosperity. It's like uh, this week we, we were at a wedding at a mansion out in Tushi. Okay, and you drive up to this place, big old honking house, big old honking uh, orchards, beautiful lawns, pools, hot tubs, uh, gorgeous. And if somebody came up to you and they said, here's the title, here's the keys, we just want to give this to you, and you're going, oh, I have been blessed. Do you know how much it costs to heat it? Do you understand what the insurance is going to take? Do you, do you realize the time, effort, resources it's going to take to, just to, for the upkeep of this place? If you're not prepared for that, that blessing just ruined your life. But if you do it God's way, by the time you get there, you'll be prepared to sustain what God's given to you. So if you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of God in due time, he will exalt you. Look at verse 7. Casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. See, there's a process here. You, you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So in due time, he can exalt you. And in the meantime, you cast all your care on him, for he cares for you. It's not 87%, it's all your care. All, if you're not going to cast it all, you might as well keep it all. Because it ain't going to work giving him some things, but not all things. Because if you don't give him all things, then he really ain't God. And what you're saying when you give it to him is you're saying, I believe that you're better at this than I am. I'll just trust you. But when you hang on to it, you're telling him, you know what? You look busy. I think I can do a better job. You want to demonstrate Satan's defeat? You learn to stop worrying and get yourself filled with God's word and know what it is written and how to use it is written and get yourself filled with this one major reality. God is able to take care of me. God is able to take care of me. God is able to take care of me. You know why you got to get so full of that revelation? It's so that when life shakes you, the first thing that comes out is God is able to take care of me. So when I end up in a fiery furnace, God is able to take care of me. Why? Because it is written, when you walk through the fire, the flame shall not kindle upon thee. So since God, you said, even when I'm walking through the fire, I won't be burned. I just thank you today. God is able to take care of me of me so that when you're in the middle of a storm the first thing that comes out of your mouth is god is able to take care of me why because he said that i had the ability and the authority to speak to the storm and when god spoke to the storm with just one word he calmed the storm to a quiet hush i just thank you lord that it is written great peace have those that love thy law nothing shall offend them nothing's going to toss me around nothing's going to it's okay i might be in the middle of a storm but i got news for you God is able to take care of me. So that when the doctor says, you're not going to make it, the first thing that comes out is, God is able to take care of me. When you have a headache, what do you reach for? Pain pills or gospels? 
I'm not suggesting that you never go to the doctor or that you, you turn your back on medicine. I'm suggesting that you actually go to God first. Just go to God first. Allow God to be first. Why? Because he's the one who's able to take care of you. I know you're in real situations. You have real problems. You have real challenges. You have real uh, circumstances you're dealing with. God is able to take care of you. He's able. He can do it. And he doesn't really need your help. All he ne- your job, your role is so simple. Know what he said. What's the Bible say? I have, I have great friends that when they're in trouble, they won't call me. All, all Tom's going to tell you, all he's going to ask you is, what's the Bible say? And you know, I just don't need somebody to preach to me right now. <laughs> God is able to take care of me. Will you say that with me? God is able to take care of me. Say it with me again. God is able to take care of me. Come on, say it with some strength. God is able to take care of me. Build it up. God is able to take care of me. You know what I want you to do? Just just close your eyes for just a minute. Set your stuff down. Close your eyes. You know, when you close your eyes, you're invisible. It's really cool. No one can see you. And what, 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 what I want you to do while you're in this invisible state is if you're here today, and you're in the midst of a situation that's bigger than you are, don't be embarrassed. God leads us into battles we couldn't possibly win. He leads us into problems we couldn't possibly solve, situations we couldn't possibly afford. It's all right, though, because God is able to take care of me. If you're here today and you're in one of those places and you need your faith to have an energy booster, you, you need to rise up above some stuff, You're tired of hurting and bleeding all over the place. And today, you're ready for restoration, renewal, refreshing, revival. While while eyes are closed, I just want you to just stand to your feet. I want you to take a stand. We're all going to say this together a few more times. But I want you just to be the ones that are on your feet, that are ready to make a declaration. And you're going to speak to the powers of darkness and into your own spirit. You're just refreshing refreshing your spirit. You're reminding yourself, God is able to take care of me.